it's been four days. The Coast Guard tells them it is possible his body will wash up further down the coast, toward Lyme Regis or Plymouth, because of the strong northeasterlies. But she's not ready to think about a body. Her husband's body. The red woolen hat Jackson had been wearing was recovered. An apologetic policewoman brought it around, sealed within a clear plastic bag. Eva had stared at the condensation forming against the polyethylene, thinking it looked as if the hat were breathing. Downstairs, she hears the low voices of her mother greeting someone. Her name is spoken, and then Jackson's. She catches the word, tragic. The house has been awash with visitors, and Eva finds it odd how similar death can be to birth. The cards propped on windowsills, the bunches of flowers perfuming each room, the food in plastic containers stacked in the fridge. Then the hushed voices, broken sleeps, and the knowledge that life will never be the same again. She blinks, her focus returning to the phone. She must speak to Dirk, Jackson's father. She feels guilty that it was the police rather than she herself who informed him of what happened. But Eva couldn't. She just couldn't find the words. She glances at the long number written in pen across the back of her hand, then dials. Pressing the phone to her ear, she listens to the foreign ringtone, thinking about the physical distance between them. They are on opposite sides of the earth. There it is morning, here evening. There it is summer, here winter. She has only spoken to Dirk once, and that was before she and Jackson were married. They kept in light contact by writing, and she took pleasure in composing those letters on quiet evenings, curled up on the sofa. She loved receiving Dirk's replies, which were written in a spidery hand on airmail stationery, and gave her a glimpse of Jackson's life in Tasmania. Yeah, a gruff voice answers. Dirk? She clears her throat. It's Eva! Jackson's wife. There is silence at the other end. She waits, wondering if it's a bad connection. She runs her tongue over her teeth. Her mouth feels dry and somehow swollen. Right, he says eventually. I, I've been wanting to call, but, well, she pushes a hand through her matted hair, rubbing her scalp. I know the police have spoken to you. He drowned. That's what they told me. His voice wavers as he says, Drowned while fishing. He was swept in by a wave. She pauses. The water here. It's cold. Freezing. A lifeboat came, and a helicopter too. They searched all day. Have they found his body? No. No, not yet. I'm sorry. There is silence. They found the hat he was wearing, she offers, although she knows this isn't enough. Nothing, other than Jackson, can be enough. I see, he says slowly. I'm sorry. I should have called you sooner, not let the police do it, but I just, I can't seem to get my head straight. She feels tears blocking up her throat. She takes a breath. None of it feels real. Dirk says nothing. 
She swallows back her tears and takes a moment to gather herself. Then she says, There'll need to be a funeral, or memorial. These are words her mother keeps on saying to her. I don't know when it'll be yet. After Christmas, I suppose. Maybe you'd like to come over for it? Right. She hears a chair being scraped across the floor, then a clink of glass. She waits a moment. When Dirk doesn't say anything, she finds herself filling the silence. I know you don't like to fly, but if you did want to come, you'd be welcome. You could stay at our place. My place, she corrects herself. She squeezes the roots of her hair, feeling herself coming undone. Everything she has wanted to say seems to have tipped out of her brain. Jackson's brother is welcome. I know things between...